0: I invite you to plant your feet on the earth, slow down, tune in, and get ready to create a life of meaning and magic. Well, hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Wellprinter Online Podcast. This week, I'm talking to Lyndon Schaefer from Pravasa Wellness Travel, oh boy, if you like to travel like I do, you need to check out her website because, oh my gosh, the trips look amazing. And one of the reasons I wanted to have Lyndon on is because I love meeting people that have a different take on health and wellness. So rather than just offering, you know, a standard type of health and wellness coaching service or something like lots of us do, she's actually embodied health and wellness into these luxury vacations to places like Bali and Thailand. And they're not so much retreats, they're really true vacations. They sound fabulous. I really hope I can go on one someday because they sound amazing. So Lyndon and I talk all about how she's built her business in health and wellness in this week's episode. But before that, I wanted to give a couple of shout outs because, you know, I love it if you leave me a review in iTunes or Stitcher. And actually that helps more people to find the podcast. So it really helps me out too if you leave a review. So I've got a review here from Elizabeth Plant and she said, I only subscribed a month or so back and I found the podcast really useful. I'm a health coach and a complimentary therapist, and I've managed to learn quite a few tips from the talks in developing my business. Thank you, Amanda. Well, thanks, Elizabeth, for listening. That is awesome. Thanks for leaving a review. And I've got another one from Larry that says, just back from a run, and they listened to two episodes, both very useful, encouraging, and inspiring. I love the fact that they're personal stories of success, and they're short enough that you can listen to the whole thing in one go. Great stuff awesome. So if you have something to say about the podcast, I'd love it if you'd leave me a review too in iTunes. The other thing that would be really great is to know who you want me to interview next. So I've got this big list of people that I'd like to interview, but as always, it's much better to know who you wanna hear from. So you can go to my website, wellpreneuronline.com and use the contact form and send me a suggestion, or you can tweet me at Vintage Amanda and suggest somebody to interview on my podcast. That would be really awesome because I always love discovering new Wellpreneurs. So now let's jump into this interview with Lyndon Schaefer. Today, I'm talking to Lyndon Schaefer from Pravasa Wellness Travel. Pravasa runs wellness vacations all over the world, and just looking at their website now, they've got vacations coming up in Bali and Aruba and Vietnam. And they combine an amazing vacation with healthy food and maybe yoga classes and a lot of self-care. And they really just look like incredible experiences. So I'm very excited to talk to Lyndon. So welcome, Lyndon. Thank you so much for having me. I just have to ask, how did you get this idea to start <laughs> Provossa? Because they just look amazing. <laughs> yeah, it's it's totally
1: my dream job, which is <laughs> it's a good thing. Anytime you're an entrepreneur you totally have to love what you're doing. Otherwise, it's you have to get yourself through the good and the bad. So (laughs) it really helps to love what you're doing. For me, Pravasa started actually very organically. I have been traveling since I was about 16. My first trip, actually, my first solo trip was an international trip to Australia with a group. And that really kicked off my love of other cultures and the way other people live. And I knew I wanted that aspect in my life somehow. So I, I ended up in the fashion business, which was something that I also had wanted to do. I moved to New York at 18 and started in that business right away and and had a fabulous career that was go, 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 go. And I traveled a lot, which was fabulous, but I had sort of started to lose myself and I wasn't performing my job at my highest level or in this particular business. You have dinners and cocktail parties and and very social events. And when you don't feel good and you're, you're supposed to sort of be on, it just, Wasn't happening for me. So I knew during that time that I had to find ways for myself to sort of rest and retreat and make sure that I was I could hit a steam room or find a hiking trail or seek out a healthy restaurant for dinner. And a lot of this I started doing on my own before it was even trendy, before these sort of things, you know, before it was on the Internet, before there were ways to find all these things. And in around 2008, when the economy started to collapse and people were starting to instead of spend money on sort of the material goods that I was selling, in the fashion world, they wanted more of experiences. They wanted things that could change their life on some level. They wanted a way to tr- have a new experience and maybe even do something, let's say, that their friend didn't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I thought, you know what, uh, through what I've been doing and my coworkers started to take notice of how I was acting different and how I felt better. And they started asking for recommendations. I started to think, well, maybe if my coworkers are doing it and my clients are telling me they want more experiences, maybe there's a way to sort of merge all this together and come up with some sort of business model. So I had spent some time thinking about it and sort of saying to myself, how do I combine all of these things that I love, the, the travel, the healthy living, the healthy food, being outside, you know, in New York City, you live in an apartment. So mm-hmm. you're always wanting to to be in nature somehow if you can. So how do I combine all of these things? And I came up with the concept and a friend of mine, a good friend of mine happened to at the time time. She was the manager of this fantastic yoga studio in New York. And she said to me, this sounds like a great idea. And I have a yoga teacher who's interested in having someone sort of plan these types of vacations for her clients. Let's meet. And we met and I was hired on the spot. So (laughs) before I even Mm. officially had, you know, my business plan or or anything sort of together about where this was going to take me, it's sort of just there was a real need in the market for Mm -hmm. it. Someone that really said, yes, yes, let's do it. So. So that's sort of how it started, and I quickly – I had – been trying to do both. I had kept my full-time job because I knew as an entrepreneur, you don't make money right away. Mm -hmm. You know, your first year or more, for me, more, (laughs) you're busy putting money into your business. And any type of money that I made in the beginning went right back into my business. I mean, there was no paycheck for me or anything like that. So I knew I would have to keep my paying job
0: in order Mm -hmm.
1: for both to happen seamlessly. But at some point that had to give. That's so
0: hard for self-care, isn't it? (laughs) I found the same thing because I was doing, you know, trying to do both like my day corporate job and my coaching in the evenings. And you're telling your clients about how to have a healthy, balanced life (laughs) where you're just totally burning the candle at both ends and and going crazy. So at some point, yeah, that has to give. Yeah. Yeah. At some point for sure. So tell us, like, take us back to this first retreat you ran, because I can imagine that a vacation, an experience Mm -hmm. that you're organizing for other people, because I think it's a Probably quite a different thing from organizing healthy travel for yourself to suddenly organizing an experience for other people.
1: Well, I'll tell you a little secret. The first actual vacation that I organized was something that happened way before my company. And it also gave me sort of an inkling that that people of all ages and all walks of life would enjoy this. And this was actually my wedding. My husband is from Argentina, and we decided we wanted to do a destination wedding keep it small and keep it fun. And so we ended up getting married on Estancia outside Buenos Aires in Argentina and we had about 60 people, most of which who came from the US and we planned everything from the ground up and it really ended up resembling sort of what my wellness vacations resemble mm. today. We mm-hmm. stayed on an organic farm that was still working. It was actually it had been a place where they used to keep horses. So they had turned the horse stables into hotel rooms. And we had this fabulous organic food staying on this working farm. We did cultural tours because most of our guests had never been to Argentina before. So we hired these fabulous local guides and we did all this cultural immersion stuff in Argentina. We had, I had hired a A woman to come teach us yoga every day at our resort. We had a Thai massage class. You know, we did all Mm, these things that sort of ended up becoming what Pravasa does today. And it was over a a long weekend, you know, because we were able to have a wedding outside of New York City where it's super expensive for the same price. We were able to do this in Argentina and pay for it for our guests. Mm. So to this day, we had people there from 11 years old to 75 years old. And every Everybody, not only did they take something unique away from that trip because it was much more than a wedding, but they were all able to participate in all of the activities that we did. So that started to really inform the way that I that I set up my vacations. The one thing that I do want to mention, which you said a little bit, is the difference between basically a retreat and what we call wellness vacations. And we differentiate them because, not only for our clients, but in our minds too, when we were originally thinking of retreats, retreats and how do you run a retreat and what does that mean? What came to mind are, are some of the ideas of things that are out there, right? Yoga retreats, writing retreats, coaching retreats, things like this that tend to have a little more of a serious focus and they're a little more intensive. And what we wanted to create is we wanted to be all inclusive. We wanted to be able to tap into that demographic. Our clients are a little bit older than 11, but from 18 to 70, let's say, mm-hmm. and and make a vacation accessible to everyone. And, and by having it retreat-like and intensive, we knew we were gonna limit ourselves to the market. Mm-hmm. And this way, by creating a wellness vacation, And and we have a whole wellness philosophy, which you can read a little bit about on our website. But it's based in five tenets for us. And it's really about taking these five areas of our philosophy, which is physical activity stress reduction, spiritual connectedness, food education and nutrition, and cultural and community involvement, and finding a way to balance them in a vacation so you get a little bit of everything without it being too overwhelming. Mm -hmm. We don't want our clients to think, okay, we're going, as you said, to Vietnam as a vacation that we have coming up for 2015. We want them to be able to experience Vietnam. We don't want them to be worried that they're going to travel all that way and then sit in a room writing for 12 mm-hmm. hours a day. Oh, yeah, <laughs> you
0: definitely. Know? No, I see so, what you mean. Yeah, it'll yeah. still be fun. It's not just like, exactly. it's not like a c- complete juice cleanse that you, you know, it's really strict and you have all these specific things to eat and do every day. It's more a vacation.
1: Yeah. And this yeah. means something to everybody. So mm. we need to make sure that our clients can access what they're comfortable with on the vacation.
0: So let's bring it back around to marketing a little bit. This is interesting when you were talking about your clients and making sure that, you know, it's something that really appeals to them. Because obviously these are, I mean, they're luxury vacations, really, right? They're Mm a really nice vacation experience. So how do you know what your customers want and kind of how did you do that in the beginning and how do you do that now?
1: Sure. Well, it's very, you know, things change as you run a company and as you're the person who is wearing every possible hat out there, you know, obviously (laughs) you're going to make mistakes and there will be learning experiences along the way. And in the beginning, I had started planning sort of these vacations as, ooh, what would I want to do? Where in the world would I want to go? Mm -hmm. If if I was spending the money, what would I pay? And that was not a great way to start (laughs) (laughs) because I really needed to survey my audience. First of all, I need to figure out who my audience was. Yeah,
0: that's always the the hardest thing, actually. Yeah, Yeah. and
1: then start surveying them. So Mm -hmm. at some point in the beginning, it, it was definitely trial and error, especially because I launched my company four years ago when there wasn't really anything like this out there. So there wasn't even a place for me to go to someone else's data and say... Oh, that worked for you? I could figure that out. There, It was a lot of trial and error. It was a lot of social media stuff to see what people were responding to. It was a lot of partnerships. I partnered with a lot of different people that are in the wellness world to do different things, to get feedback. I would do surveys. I would do contests, giveaways, things like this to see where the audience was engaged and, and what exactly it was that That appealed to them. And so, yeah, so that was a lot of sort of figuring it out that way in the Mm -hmm. beginning.
0: And have you done most of your business building and marketing online, or has there been a lot of in person? work that you've done too.
1: It's both. And I really feel this this area of travel is starting to grow for the first time ever. The niche of wellness travel, which is really what I do in the vacations that I produce, is being recognized in the travel business, in the travel industry. Travel agents are interested in learning more about it. There's something called the Global Spa and Wellness Summit, which took place for the very first time this past year. And so the idea of wellness and how wellness relates to travel is becoming a a big thing. And so as it continues to grow, and as the idea of this travel is more accessible to other people, we really have to go both ways. I really, because I mentioned before, wellness is so personal to everybody and and how they view their own wellness and how they want to improve their own wellness. So a lot of that is taking time to talk one-on-one. I talk one-on-one with every client before they go on vacation with us, just to make sure everyone's expectations will be met. Mm -hmm. this kind of vacation. We do a lot of online stuff. I mean, the marketing and sort of the buzz around my blog and the wellness tips and things that we give, as you mentioned before, these are luxury vacations. So at some point, you know, you have to be able to save money or plan in advance in order to make time to come on a 10-day vacation to Vietnam or to Bali Mm -hmm. or wherever it is that we're going. So along the way, I want to keep my clients engaged. And that is uh, all about marketing. I need to make sure they're reading my blog. I need to make sure they understand our wellness philosophy and how it can relate to their their everyday life. And that way, when they're ready to come on vacation, they think of us first or they contact us first.
0: I love what you said that you actually talk to every single one of your clients before they go on the vacation, because that's the kind of I mean, as a small business owner, that's something that you can do. And it really sets you apart from other businesses, I think, to have that personal touch.
1: Yeah. And and at this point, because my business is manageable enough for me, I also attend every vacation. And Mm. so I'm on site not only as the tour operator, if you will, you know, putting all the logistics stuff together, but I'm there as a wellness consultant. We term our business Pravasa as your wellness concierge, whereas we pick you up from the airport when you land and then we're with you the whole way. So we can help you if you have certain goals that you want to meet, we can do that. If you have certain things that you want to talk about, (laughs) um, what, you know, around physical activity or stress reduction Mm -hmm. or things that you can do when you get home, we're on the ground for that as well, which, which helps sets us apart.
0: Another thing you mentioned earlier was your blog and how that Mm -hmm. keeps people, you know, engaged with your brand in between vacations, and I I just wanted to bring us back to that because I think it's important to realize, and and a lot of the people listening here will have the same situation, that when a potential client comes to your website, they're not always ready to buy right then, and so you need to be able to engage them in your world, you know, get them on an email list or have other interesting content or something to keep them, you know, bring them into your universe so that when they are ready to buy, then you're there. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's something as entrepreneurs, especially in the wellness world, that we really have to take, in my opinion, sort of a step back <laughs> and say, let's be real, this is a business. And yes, we all want to help people. And our goal is to, to help people change their lives and all of these things. But the reality is, in order to quit that full-time job, it's a business for us, right? We need to find a way to sort of monetize what we're doing. And that's not a bad thing. And so for us, for our blog and to keep our, our clients engaged, I also write, I have a monthly column in the Huffington Post and I write for Mind Body Green, which is a huge wellness website. You have to establish your brand and you have to establish that trust, especially if most of your business like mine is online. You know, I don't talk to people on the phone until they probably visited my website a few times and mm-hmm. really understood who we are as a company and what we can offer for them.
0: So how did you do that when you were just starting out? Because I know a lot of our listeners are you know, maybe just finishing their health and wellness program or just starting up in business. And so what are a couple things that you would do starting out to establish your brand online?
1: Sure. I think social media is very important and I know it can be a time suck. <laughs> and I know there are so many different avenues out there, but it is important to invest some time in it. And it doesn't mean you have to do it every day. You could set time aside every week. There's also amazing programs out there that sort of let you schedule content in advance. So maybe Mm -hmm. you are publishing every day, but you're not physically on Twitter or Instagram or anything like that. And I think that's becoming more and more important, especially as our culture and community gets saturated with new businesses all the time. For us as a travel business, we're very visual. So Instagram and Pinterest and things like that work really well. Well for us because people want to see mm-hmm. where they would get to go on vacation or if we're with a group somewhere they want to see what everyone's doing mm-hmm. and that definitely keeps
0: them engaged. Well, plus it's a little bit of the fantasy I think, which is it's just a big part of marketing is to yeah. think about what your ideal customers' aspirations and what their dreams are and, and mm-hmm. probably a lot of yours. Your customers are yeah. oh, I'd love to be in Bali drinking a fresh juice on the beach. So if you right. show pictures of that, exactly, it, just, it really draws them in. It would draw me in. I'd yeah. <laughs> on, on, Bali on the beach.
1: <laughs> yeah. Luckily most people would. So mm-hmm. yeah. So that is definitely a way that we keep people engaged. Writing for me has been a fabulous experience. It's not something I I don't consider myself a writer. I'd never considered myself a writer. When I launched my business and somebody said to me, you should have a blog, I sort of cringed at the idea. Oh, well, what do I have to say? And what if it doesn't sound good? And of course, if I go back four years to some of the stuff that I wrote in the beginning, it's nowhere near (laughs) as Mm -hmm. polished or even in my voice that I have now. And it, it takes a while to establish that. But you can't be afraid. To put yourself out there, you know, I write for free for so many people just to again keep the conversation going and to keep interest out there with new and different kinds of people. So if you have the opportunity, even to write for other people's blogs, let's say, and link it back to your website or things like that, if you don't feel comfortable establishing it on your webpage or or under your business just yet, there might be opportunity. But you have to put yourself out there because you're. You're not going to grow if you don't, as a mm-hmm. business or personally in what you're trying to accomplish.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I love that you said that too. That your early writing doesn't sound like you, and I have the same thing because I've been blogging for almost five years now. Mm-hmm. And My early stuff—it just is kind of cringeworthy. But but you have to start that way because the only way you're going to find your voice is just by writing and writing and writing and trying different things. So might as well start today, right? Yeah. <laughs> <Rather than laughs> fair, yeah.
1: It doesn't have to be long. It doesn't have to be a novel. No. it Doesn't have to be an epic. You know, it can
0: it can be a, a paragraph. Mm-hmm. And one thing that I love is that I can go back and just delete those old blog posts. Like it's my blog; they don't have to stay there forever. They
1: don't. Ours <laughs> oh. do, but you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So um, let's talk quickly about social media then, too. What if, what role has that played in building your community and, and what are your favorite platforms for social media right now?
1: Well, we I'm loving Twitter right now. That's just because we started our own Twitter chat. We started a wellness travel Twitter chat called Travel Well, which we host twice a month on Wednesdays. And that, to me, is just super fun because I don't know if you have participated in a Twitter chat, but it's, a, it's truly a, a real-time conversation with other people people who are online and want to chat about the topic that, that you've posted. So that for me is is fun because with social media, a lot of times you sort of put things out into the ether and then you hope that people respond. Mm-hmm. Something like a Twitter chat, you're live right there. So that, that's been super fun. And
0: so just for people that don't know, I'm assuming what you did is you create a hashtag and then just publicize that at a certain time you're going to be on talking using a certain hashtag. Is that right? Exactly. Exactly. And what a great way to get feedback from your audience, too. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So that's been fun. We just started doing that a few months ago. And so every month we have new people joining us. And of course we have new topics as well. So that that's a lot of fun for anyone to participate in. Pinterest for us has been also very big. You know, social media, the goal of social media, and, and you can track these things now, is not only to engage your audience in those platforms, but to sort of get them back to your website and back to the content that you publish. And so we do some fun things like on every other, Tuesday. This morning, we published something. We have an interview series called Well on the Road Mm -hmm. where we interview entrepreneurs who travel for their business. And we ask them some cute, fun questions about how they stay healthy and things like that on the road. And so we'll we ask for photos as well, something of them in, you know, whether they were on vacation somewhere fabulous or if it was a work trip, whatever they want to give us. And so we'll put that on Instagram and say, hey, look at this photo. How cool is this? Read the interview on our website. So again, we try to do stuff that's very visual and always draw it back to our website for the content.
0: I love that you just mentioned that, that Well on the Road series, because I was on your blog before this and I actually made a note to actually ask you those questions (laughs) (laughs) because I thought it was really good. And I thought I wondered if you'd had the tables turned on you. So if we could kind of shift (laughs) gears here at the end, I'd really love to get some healthy travel tips from you because I'm sure you travel a lot. So Uh, So do you mind if I ask you a couple? No, go ahead. (laughs) Okay, so what do you do in flight to stay healthy? A lot of my
1: in flight and, and pre flight because I travel for so far and, and sometimes my flights are twenty four hours <laughs> mm-hmm. a lot of it is prep. So I really make sure that the, the day before I leave and before I even get on the plane, I, I have a great workout. I I'm eating super healthy, I'm eating some fresh fish maybe. I get a good night's sleep. All of those things are gonna set me up for how I feel on the plane. So I always and this happened to me recently and it actually made made me feel really crappy (laughs) is I usually have a huge, I usually carry an empty water bottle and I fill it up after security. Mm -hmm. So I'm that way. I'm not asking the flight attendant. So can you give me this or whatever? And unfortunately, in my last trip back from Hong Kong, even after security, right before you get on at the gate, right before you get on. Hey, they they take it.
0: Water away. Yes, I've had this happen, and I <laughs> actually said to the guy, I was like, you know, I'm gonna ask for about like 30 little cups of water during this flight.
1: the flight. I got on the flight. I said, I, I specifically asked for a bottle. I mm-hmm. said, can you please bring me a bottle? And that way, I figured, you know, at least I could run to the bathroom and fill it up whenever I wanted to. But no, they brought me the little cups, and so I was that annoying person constantly <laughs> buzzing the flight attendant, like, can I have more water? Can I have more water? Yeah. So that's definitely. I'm always, I'm always drinking water, which is super important. One of the things I found too, I'm a little up in the air, sort of about the airline food. When you're on a 24 hour flight, you have to eat. Mm -hmm. I mean, there is no way that you can go. And so, yeah, I'll bring certain granola bars or if I can get some dried fruit that doesn't have too much sugar, or I've even taken avocados through security, (laughs) you know, and sort of snacked on those on the plane. I will try if I know I have to eat some of the food i'll order a special meal and these days the airlines are really good you have gluten-free options you have vegetarian options you have a few different things to choose from so that's something else in flight i'll make sure if i know i have to eat i will order a special meal
0: Mm -hmm. oh good tip so what about jet lag getting over jet lag or avoiding Uh jet lag
1: you know, it, it's funny because some people this really affects some people, and for other people it doesn't. I'm pretty lucky. I travel so much that I sort of know my body and my routine. And I tend to sleep as much as possible on the plane. And I don't, I don't necessarily set my clock as some people say for the time that you're going to arrive in. But when I'm there, I stay up. I try to arrive during daylight so at least I can have some sort of semblance of what's going on around me. I get as much sun as possible. The first thing. I usually do is head right into the steam room. Um, mm-hmm. I make sure I stay at hotels that have that <laughs>
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, and exercise. I really find whether, whether I just take my sneakers with me and I can go for a run or if there's a treadmill in the hotel gym or something, if if I can sort of stick to the schedule that I have for myself at home, then I'm not too affected.
0: Mm-hmm. But and what about finding healthy food to eat when you're in, when you're traveling?
1: I do a lot of research <laughs> right? But before I even leave. there's some fabulous websites out there. Whether you're looking at local blogs, I do that a lot. I think expats who live in certain areas have awesome information about their community that they've moved to. They want to share it with people. And so that's a great place to start for me. There's also vegetarian websites. There's the Slow Food Association has... Yeah. What you know it has mm-hmm. whether it's online or whether you can find that information. You know those are have restaurants all over the world, and so I sort of start there. The good thing is a lot of outside of the U.S. foods are not as processed in other places as they are here in America, and so sometimes so right true, off, yeah. Uh, sometimes right off the bat you're going to eat healthier whether you know it or not, yeah. But or whether you decide, okay, I'm gonna to go to the market in the morning and maybe stock up myself in my, you know, mini bar or whatever.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yes. No, I love that. And I used to travel when I was in my corporate job, I used to travel a ton for work. And I would just always I just became the one that would pick the restaurant. And that's how I knew I was gonna be able to find something that was good to eat because I just plan all the dinners out. I yeah. don't know if anyone realized that's why I was doing it. Right. But, yeah. and but- the- Other
1: way for that, which I also have found great, when I when I don't get to plan the dinners out, let's say and I don't know anything about the restaurant, the first thing that I do is ask what the specials are because those are usually the freshest thing
0: Mm. that's
1: gonna be available on the menu. Mm -hmm. so that's also a good way to go and sometimes depending where you are in the world your servers are happy to answer questions Mm -hmm. about food and where it comes from Mm -hmm. so don't be afraid to ask about that kind of stuff.
0: totally and like you said before i mean if you're traveling in asia the food's going to be pretty clean you'll be able to get good food where you are or in europe oh my gosh the markets like you said are just amazing so yeah and last question what do you do to stay grounded while you're traveling
1: I actually have a better meditation practice on the road than I do at home. (laughs) And that's something I've had to come to just embrace. I I try to meditate at home, but I have dogs who get me up early. And, you know, it's just like I find whenever I get out of bed, my day has just sort of started before I can even think about what I'm doing. And on the road, I'm by myself, even if I'm with clients or anything like that, I'm able to get up. A half an hour earlier or, or something like that and just do my own thing. And so whether I get to sit and meditate for a little while in some fabulous outdoor place, whether I take that that idea and, and turn it into a walking meditation or go for a run, usually it, it has to do with getting outside and connecting to wherever in the world that I am. And that keeps me mm-hmm. ready ready to sort of face the day.
0: Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for chatting with us. Will you tell us now just where people can find you if they'd like to learn more about your vacations or get in touch? Sure.
1: Absolutely. We're all over the internet. So <laughs> <laughs> our website is PravasaWellnessTravel.com and I'll spell Pravasa, P R A V A. S S A. And if you type Pravasa into Google, you'll find our Facebook page, our Twitter, our Instagram, our Pinterest. You'll find me. <laughs> we're we're all over the place. So
0: awesome. And I'll put all of those links in the show notes too, so that people can just click directly through back to your site. Wonderful. Cool. Well thanks so much, Lyndon, for spending time with us. It's been really great talking to you. I really want to go to Bali now.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it is such a good place. Everyone should get there. Absolutely.
0: Awesome. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this interview with Lyndon Schaefer from Provasa Wellness Travel. Just to remind you, you can get everything we talked about, all the links links to Lyndon's website and just all the show notes, or even ask a question or leave a comment back on my website at wellpreneuronline.com slash 19. And if you loved this podcast, don't be shy, tell your friends about it, because I wanna reach as many health and wellness entrepreneurs as I can to help them build their businesses so we can all spread health and wellness around the world. Goodness knows the world needs it, right? So if you could help me out and tell your friends, that would be awesome. Anyway, have a fantastic week, and I'm wishing you loads of business success this week, and I'll see you back here in the next episode, episode 20.